Why have student game tickets moved to online only? From the Blue Devil Hub, this is the News Cycle. I'm Maria Anderson, and today is Monday, October 3rd. For DHS sport games and events, tickets have moved to completely online, causing issues for students in different regards. Holt Kleinberg reports on how football games have been affected due to the change. DHS students cheer for the football team at last Friday's game. Recently, Davis High moved all sporting ticket sales to online. Spectators are no longer able to buy tickets at the game with cash. I interviewed DHS Athletic Director Jeff Lawrenson, who explained why this change is necessary. Uh, we, we moved for multiple reasons, but mostly to align ourselves with the uh, state CIF and the section office. As required by CIF, all ticket sales last year for section playoffs, state playoffs, and championship games were pre-sold and online. The environment around ticket sales is really moving that direction. However, some DHS students may not have the ability to pay online because they lack their own credit cards. To address this issue, Lawrenson explains a workaround by which students are able to attend games without paying online. Our 10th through 12th grade uh, can go to the finance office before school, at lunch, or after school and purchase with cash a, a, uh, a ticket. Junior high students who do not have the ability to go to the finance office are able to buy season tickets to events for $35. Parents are also able to buy tickets and then transfer them to their students using the streamlined GoFan app. There's obviously a need to ensure that students that don't have credit cards or Apple Pay or what have you uh, can still attend our events. Next, I interviewed a student athlete, Lena Sundin. She shares her opinions on the change. On one hand, I think it's a good thing because it's faster and people can pay ahead of time and they don't have to bring cash, but on the other hand, it's made it more expensive. Tickets that used to cost $5 now cost $8 because of the fees associated with the GoFan service. Finally, I interviewed Lori Webster, a paraeducator who helps out at the gate during football games, who believes that only having online ticket sales is not fair and has found it to not be accessible for everyone. It's been harder because some people don't have iPhones, they don't carry phones, they don't, kids don't have credit card or money on their phones, so we're ending up turning away kids and some older adults that don't do it on their phones. Junior high students and the elderly have had the hardest time getting tickets, Webster said. To help them, the teachers working at the gate would find other people buying tickets and hope that they would buy another ticket for those who needed one. One of the teachers, Kibby, uh, Ms. Fuslin, she um, bought tickets on her own phone, on her own card, just to get certain people in because we didn't want them to leave. Overall, the ticket process has been a more stressful and rough experience than in the previous years. Because if you don't have Wi-Fi or the Wi-Fi is slow, that kind of hinders the um, speed of the line. For the news cycle, this is Holt Kleinberg reporting. The reimagined Russell plant is set to reinvigorate three miles of Russell Boulevard and has been in the ideation phase for the past few years. Here's the news regarding its current status. Barbara Archer is the Communications and Customer Service Manager with the City of Davis. The Reimagine Russell Boulevard project is a collaboration between the City of Davis, UC Davis, and Yolo County. These entities uh, launched this project to look at safety and accessibility along Russell Boulevard. Archer says safety has been a topic that has been brought up to the city as a concern. 
because it's such uh, a well-traveled corridor for cyclists and vehicles and even uh, buses as well. Nonetheless, the city has started to move along with the project in a more relaxed timeline. The project itself went along for about a year with a number of different meetings with stakeholders, uh, allowing for the community members to engage as well. Then that was presented to the city council in June of this year. The first part of the plan was finally approved in July, but won't start construction until a few years from now. The city announced in July that they were allocating some money from this next budget year to do a preliminary design for a roundabout at the junction of Russell Boulevard and Arlington. Todd Radio is the principal civil engineer in the Division of Public Works in Yolo County and recently became the new interim director of the project. We'll just continue to be a liaison to them to make sure that, okay, here's what we're doing on the west side of Davis. And we want to make sure that, okay, does that work with what you're planning to do on your County Road 98? The new plans account for past issues with the road, improving safety. To better facilitate folks being able to get through town safely and then transition into out of town and through our future roundabout, uh, negotiating that safely, and then and, and then on to the, the bike path to the west. Ryan Chapman is the traffic engineer and assistant director for public works, engineering, and transportation for the city of Davis, and has noticed a few trends in the cost of the project. The plan was approved earlier this year, and since then, the city council has committed uh, $250,000 specifically to the intersection of Russell and Arlington to pursue the design of a roundabout. As time passes by, plans will continue to be revised. Actually, I just want to highlight again that with the plans in place, we're still working with the university on putting together um, what the next steps are for the majority of the corridor, but we are moving forward at the intersection of Arlington and Russell. For the news cycle, this is Maria Anderson reporting. Split-site students across Davis struggle with receiving the correct information on class start times. Nane Grigor has the story on this issue. Students that take classes at other schools or split-site students are not always given the correct information on class start times. With schedule changes from unexpected events or even an unfamiliar block day, those students will have to adapt in order to get to their classes on time. Driving to Davis High from Da Vinci and back for fourth period every week is not ideal, but is what Junior Brody Welsh has to do to participate in Madrigals, which is what makes the drive worth it. Madrigals is a really awesome program that I've been in for years, and I really love the program. However, because of the distance, he doesn't always make it on time. Oh yeah, I've been late so many times, and the teachers always blamed it on myself. Da Vinci has immersed a program for split-site students that allows them to leave class early and return later for a smoother rotation between the schools. Well, Da Vinci, luckily this year, they have tons of information about when you should leave. You should always be 10 minutes, you should always leave 10 minutes early from a Da Vinci class, and then you'll arrive 10 minutes late to your next Da Vinci class. Many students that are split-site don't prefer it, but the classes they want are not offered at their current school. I don't love it at all, um, but I can tolerate it. Junior Gwenny Aldrich goes to the Davis School for Independent Study, but goes to Davis High for Physics and Spanish. 
DSIS doesn't offer as many classes. So I had to take like, if I wanted to take like AP or honors classes, I had to take them here. Students that go to DSIS don't always receive information on schedule changes at Davis High and they have to rely on others. I mean, usually I get them from either my friends who go here or occasionally DHS sends us emails. Being split site allows students to take classes that their school might not have, but that means that you may show up to school one day and it be completely deserted. For the news cycle, this is Nana Grigor. Well, that's our show for today. The News Cycle is a production of the Blue Devil Hub in association with the Davis Enterprise. Daniel Ruiz Jimenez writes our theme music. The program is produced by Maria Anderson and Nane Grigor. Our executive producer is Elliot DeYoung. We're trying to grow our listeners. Make sure to share the News Cycle with your friends, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, visit us on the web at bluedevilhub.com, and don't miss our radio broadcasts Monday at 8 and Tuesday at noon on 95.7 KDRT. You can also follow the Hub on social media. We're on Instagram at Blue Devil Hub and on Twitter at DHS Hub. Have a good week and we'll see you next time.